Shut up, I love it. Shut up. I love it. Sorry, I was just getting my hair done there. I am Joe Cabello, the inferior part of this two-part duo we have here, because I'm here with this far superior... Sasha Filer. There we go. Yeah, and my hair is always terrible, so I don't have to ever worry about doing anything to it. (laughs) This is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast where we invite a guest to talk about something underrated, underrepresented, under understood wow underwater sometimes we do fish and different things like that so a lot of underweight underwear Um, underwear and today we have a very special guest she is an improviser comedian and clown living in denver colorado ever heard of it her name is jean carocio welcome jean thank you now with the den the pause after Denver, I was like, "Is this gonna be some? Are, are we? Oh, Denver, Mexico, or something?" And we we're like, "Whoa, what a surprise!" But no, the pause was just. I was just genuinely there. trying to remember where Denver where is Denver's. for a hot like two seconds because I took a nap, and when I take a nap, you know, my brain is never one hundred percent. No, no, no. He rolled right out of bed. <laughs> Gene, what are you here to talk about today? Well, I am here to talk about the film Blow Dry. It's uh, from 2001. It's a, a British film. It has a terrific cast. And I, I mean, I was, I just was almost enraged when I discovered through <laughs> Sasha that Rotten Tomatoes gave it something like a 19%. Yeah. And once she brought this to my attention, I realized um, I'm going to, I'll have to do something about it and shut up and listen. I love it. It's perfect. You're on a crusade. (laughs) Yes, I am. Perfect. Yes. Yes, I think there's like uh, 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then there's like a single star out of many as well. Like wherever you go, it's very, very low. Yeah. We'll talk about that. I think that is worth mentioning. Although I am, I, I know Sasha's a big Rotten Tomatoer. (laughs) I have stopped checking it the last years. I'm kind of like, I think it's, I don't think it's a good system. I think it's, it's not helpful. And we can, I think we can all agree, maybe Mm -hmm. it's not very helpful for this movie. But do you usually um, do Rotten Tomatoes scores, Gene? Is that something you're? Uh, No. In fact, uh, I'm, I, I, as I say, I was just shocked. And I, I guess I sort of pay attention to the popular press. I'm not um, as deeply into this world as uh, you are or uh, some of the other guests. I listen to a few of the podcasts, which I found really wonderful. Oh. And um, I thought, gosh, if people are going to this, this is really sad because I think it's a really wonderful film. True, yeah. If it, this were to detour someone... Yeah. And that's why I don't really like it. People say, no, I'm not going to watch that movie because Rotten Tomato said this. A Rotten Tomato? You're listening to a Rotten Tomato of all kinds? I'm just curious about Rotten Tomato. I don't swear by it. And I actually think that the sweet spot of like, like high 50s to like low 80s is where the best movies end up for me. 
So I actually, that's, that's my <laughs> gauge of looking at Rotten Tomatoes. Interesting. I, not to make it too much about Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's so genre specific too. Mm. If you have a, a niche genre, uh, but it has mainstream reviews, like the amount of reviews are mainstream, it's going to do far worse. You mm-hmm. know, like uh, violent movies, let's say. The mainstream reviewers might give that a low score because it's violent. Mm-hmm. But the crowd that actually wants violent movies... It's a high score you, movie. which is you. I love violence. You might see me just <laughs> killing bugs and uh, feeding mice to uh, venomous snakes uh, while we do this. Uh, but let's Kills get both off mice that. and snakes. <laughs> and snakes. It's poisonous mice. But uh, Sasha, did you know anything about this movie going into it? I actually didn't. I actually haven't even seen Natasha Richardson, one of the stars in this film, in anything. I know of her and I know of her tragic death. But I never knew, like, never seen a movie with her. So this was my first experience. Joe, what about you? Same. Uh, did not know. I saw Josh Hartnett on the cover. I was like, all right, that's all I really knew. Uh, and That's all you need uh, to Rachel know. Rachel Lee Cook, I believe. Uh, and I was like, this kind of missed my radar because he was on a hot streak around that time. Mm. Uh, he was doing The Faculty. uh the one about sex, 30 Days and 30 Nights, I think it was mm-hmm. called. So he's on Hot One, so to miss this one was interesting. Uh, and then seeing the cast, like, just as the credits roll, and one by one their names appear, it's it's crazy. This is like the cast. This is the cast. British what do you movie. think, Gene? Is it your dream cast of any movie? It, it's certainly close. Um, I <laughs> I'm with you on that, Joe, that when you put Bill Nye and Alan Rickman together, together, I, it's a winner. It's a winner. And I, I love Natasha Richardson. I don't think this is her best film, but I, I, I didn't have a problem with her performance. I love Rachel Griff- Griffiths. Mm-hmm. I think she was wonderful. Um, I like Josh and Rachel Lee Cook. I, I might not watch a film just because I saw them on the cover. But also I noticed they redid the cover for that film. There's a new cover out that shows, I think it's Heidi Klum with her wild, a yes. wild. Yes. Uh, I, one of the things I noticed was people <laughs> said, oh, this is a romance between Josh and this Rachel Lee Cook. And so they, they wonder, I suppose they thought, let's make the picture more representative. They just put Heidi Klum on it, which is like, for me, it's not the best, like, way to get my butt in the seat. (laughs) Exactly. At the time, I could see, you know, Heidi Klum at the height of, what was it, America's Next Top Model or something, Mm -hmm. hosting that. I I believe that was kind of her shining moment, not that she's left, but like, as far as that. So, and we've seen that with posters and things where it's someone who's in the movie for two minutes right. is number one. And it's, it's always frustrating, especially a movie like an older movie, seeing it now, because you don't get the trailers. You're not uh, seeing posters everywhere for it. So you just see this one IMDb poster and you're like, oh, it's a Heidi Klum movie. Sidebar, when I was making uh, short movies in my master's program in Brooklyn College, um, I was like acting as a supporting character. And when I would make the DVDs at the time, people were making DVDs and like stamped a picture of 
as still from the movie, I would always put myself <laughs> as like the star of it. And then like the main people were somewhere sitting in the background. And my friend KJ, shout out, fan of the show, he would always be like talking shit to me about it. He'd be like, how do you do that? Like, you're not the star of this movie. I'm like, I made this movie. It was so wrong. A lot of regrets. Look out who you have make your choices for certain things in your movie. Uh, Jean, when did you first see this movie? Was this when it first came out? I did see it when it first came out. And I believe that's a long time ago, but I believe I saw it in the theater. Um, and, and then I went and bought a copy of it right away. Uh, I just, I'm someone, once I'm on to a movie, I, I have a thing where I like to show other people. Mm. So I like to have it around. And then, you know. Somebody's over and it's like, oh, have you seen Blow Dry? Okay, good. We can watch it right now. Yeah, and they most so. certainly haven't seen it. <laughs> right, and they right. haven't. But I've never had anyone express disappointment. And I, I feel that I'm a person that people can be honest with. So I feel it's uh, fair to say that people have enjoyed that film. There you go, people. If you are listening and you haven't been honest, you will <laughs> email us or call Jean or do something about it. This yeah, we'll is your break time. Time to come minutes. clean. Yeah, come clean. And they, I just want to say that we often in this podcast use 9-11 as the marker for when movies were made before or after. This movie, you can't blame 9-11 for um, like not helping out how much money this movie made, how little this money this movie made. Because it was released on March 7, 2001. So it had plenty of time to make the money. Before, <laughs> before, uh, <laughs> before the tragedy that was. Before the tragedy that was. Just saying, it's important to bring it up. 2001. <laughs> A space odyssey. So I wonder if you have any opinions, Gene, on why this movie didn't do well. Well, the, um, the things that I looked at, because I, I really was kind of surprised. I mean, I, I know it's not the second coming or anything, but it's a good film. And so I thought, well, what are, what are the complaints here? And, you know, it's um, things I've seen on lots of movies. Um, it's too formulaic. It's predictable. Josh Hartnett did a terrible accent. <laughs> um, I thought, I'm an, I don't have an ear for accents, so that mm. one would go right by me. I, it, I suppose I can agree it's somewhat formulaic. I'm not sure what movie isn't somewhat formulate <laughs> that's a term i i hear people say about lots of movies um and i'm not sure one of the reasons i like it is that i feel like it's a slice of life it's it's got wonderful comedy and joy and laughter and it also has a couple of serious things happening and so i've often wondered if maybe people don't like the serious aspect they don't like the mix of that and i there's uh, you guys know there's a person uh the the character played by natasha richardson is uh terminally ill with cancer and i think that we do have a problem with death in, in our culture there's a huge denial mm -hmm. of death people don't like to talk about it or face it um, and so sometimes I think, well, you know, and we're here don't. to fix it on shut up. I love it. Yes, shut up, I exactly. Love death. That's, this is a very important aspect of what you can do. 
and well i think one of the reasons people didn't like it and um is that they thought it was too melodramatic right like i don't think i don't know if the word was used but like the over the top thing that kept being conveyed about it was like it was too um melodramatic but here's this thing i i am a sucker for a little melodrama here and there like i don't mind it i don't mind a little a little sad and and i was like crying at times like i wasn't crying full on but there was there was slight glimmer in my eye i would i should say both eyes <laughs> not just the one even <laughs> your third eye was glowing and and weeping mostly uh, I would say if I had to pin it, because, uh, you know, spoiler for my feelings, I really enjoyed the movie. So but did I. I. Think Big I spoilers. You did? Okay. Big spoilers on both counts. We all love it. You don't need to kill us, Gene. But I did, I do think there's probably some uh, mishandling of the marketing of the movie and what it is, just from what we saw of the posters. That's an obvious problem. It's not a Josh Hartnett movie. It's really not a Heidi Klum. Klum it's movie. definitely not. It's barely a Heidi Klum movie. That storyline could be cut, and the movie is fine. But what is the movie? It's really more about Natasha Richardson. It's about this family, and maybe in a way, it spreads itself a little too thin about who it's about. And I think that might be one issue. The second is I was really kind of expecting something maybe a little more uh, wacky. Because it is about mm-hmm. this hair competition, which is like so mm-hmm. funny. It's like best so in show crazy. almost. Yeah. Best in show, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Shout out to mm, a former episode. Out. I feel like this movie fits in the Drop Dead Gorgeous category, but it does not crank up the comedy wackiness quite mm-hmm. to that level, or at least not consistently. And maybe some of that is because of the melodrama, which isn't bad. But I think for maybe an American audience especially – it's not what they're used to. Like, there's some very uh, British feeling and isms to this movie that mm-hmm. uh, we weren't ready for. I think that's a, fi- the, a fair um, assessment and, and observation. I um, I have to agree. I mean, I just, I didn't, we didn't mention the uh, actor Warren Clark who plays the mayor and then the MC at the hairdressing oh, yes. competition. And I thought he was hilarious. And the so good. evolution of his character was a riot. Um, I, I have to agree. I mean, there were a lot of good bits at the hair competition. And, um, you know, I mean, Bill Nye was a riot. Mm-hmm. And Alan Rickman, he's, you know, he's kind of a serious character in this thing. But when he was dancing around and he had his the scissors tattoo on the bottom of his foot. Yes. I love that kind of stuff. I Here's just, the thing. I love it. Just, if we're going to open the Alan Rickman box, I'm here to tell you. Alan Rickman is, I think, by far the sexiest man ever who ever lived. And he's... Whoa. <laughs> And separate, well, maybe top five. Okay, like this is like in my like for like if I start thinking, this is the he's the first one that comes to mind. Maybe because I just saw the movie, not from this movie, but his Snape is literally like the sexiest character of all time in Harry <laughs> Potter. I'm here, shut up, I love which everybody else does. Snape by Alan Rickman, he's amazing and die hard. Like he's just his voice and that fucking guy. I just love him to death. And I, like, love everything about Alan Rickman. So just the fact that he's in this movie already elevates it for me by a lot. And he did a fine job. A great job. I'm with you. 
That's what have you seen? Did you see him in Bottle Shock? You guys know Bottle Shock? No, I haven't uh, seen no. him. Uh oh, another, another one. Another one to think about. Time to go through Alan Rickman. Uh, you know, just because you love Alan Rickman, I had to drop that in. I don't want to derail our discussion. No, I mean, I, have it be about Rotten Tomatoes and Bottle Shock. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and who Sasha thinks are the sexiest <laughs> men alive? <laughs> well, it might it be worth going that direction. <laughs> so, do I mean we don't? You know, spoil. There's not that many spoilers about this, right? The spoilers we don't have to worry about. This is not the kind of movie where we shouldn't ever worry about them. Go <laughs> see it. Pause it right now and go rent it. You know, this isn't a very a special category, Gene. You're really lucky that it was good because usually the movies we watch are already part of subscriptions mm-hmm. or some oh. easily viewed. I had to spend $4 to rent this. So did I. I $3.99 to be exact. I you did do not? not regret it. Mm-hmm. No. No, I will be invoicing you, but I do, <laughs> I do not regret it. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about it. I like to support the arts, so... Send me your invoices. Do we need to go through the plot or anything? Is there, like, what is the next thing that we should discuss? I always hate going step by step through the plot, but rather the sections. Yeah, because I think the shining parts, like we had mentioned, are is the competition parts. Those are just so wacky and fun. And of course, a, a movie can't sustain itself just being those parts. Um, but I love a tournament movie. You know, Mortal Kombat. This, this is Mortal Kombat, except with hair. This is Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, that was like the movie that screenwriters like said, read that script for like two years. That script is so good. I go bad. back to that script, just saying. But yeah, but the, you know what I don't like? And this is very sad. Ugh, I shouldn't be saying it, but a friend of a friend well, wife of a friend created the show that I'm going to mention and that I'm not a huge fan of that <laughs> show on Netflix, Insatiable. No longer on okay. it, but Insatiable on Netflix about a beauty contest and um, a full-bodied woman who ends up being in an accident that forces her to only drink from a straw she loses a lot of weight and that turns her into a vengeful person like it's it's a very convoluted idea it's very like body shaming and it's wacky like not in a good way do not watch insatiable wow we're bringing people down here do not instead (laughs) go back and watch all the filmography of alan rickman (laughs) it will satisfy the same needs in your brain the serotonin will unlock mm-hmm. if you watch those. Uh, and let's see, do you revisit this movie a lot, Gene? Is that like, because you said you show people, how often is this your yearly movie? Uh, I would, yeah, I could say I probably see it once a year. I, uh, it was on my mind because I reconnected with a, um, a really dear friend of mine recently, and we had a whole thing about movies. So, she doesn't live here in Denver, but we we stay in touch now pretty much every day. And, you know, the first thing we did was, and my first one I sent her was Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh. And uh, I was cleaning out. I had all these DVDs, and I, I, you know, it's not useful anymore. It's taking up space, and I can get them on the TV. So 
I'm like, have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? And she hadn't. I'm like, I'm shipping it immediately. And I said, blow dry next. I sent Yes Men. I can't remember, but I got, I sent a lot of films down there. And and that got me going again. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Um, I also was taking care of my mother the last few years. And here we'll maybe blow another stereotype. She was 98 years old. Uh, She died in December. But... um, Until then, she went to three or four movies a week uh, where she lived. She lived independently until COVID. Then I had her move to our house. So we watched movies every night. And so I just watched that again a few wow. months ago with her. It's cool and to be. She's a- like, how come I never saw this? She loved it. <laughs> to be a movie buff in your 90s. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I just saw some friends of hers i went to visit where she used to live and i hadn't seen them for a year and they were three different people came up to me they have a movie theater in the place where she lived and they'd say you know we'd wait and when carolyn showed up we'd go okay we can start now because she never missed a movie Mm -hmm. they want to get in her bad side carolyn's no 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 and yeah this is interesting i was going to say you were mentioning sending the dvds to your friend I, there's something very sweet about like physically sending DVDs out of the movies that you want a person to watch. And for me, it is very sweet because when I started dating my husband, he I lived in New York and he lived in LA. And he would send me, like he would order me a bunch of DVDs on Amazon and just send me all kinds of movies for me to watch uh, to expand my horizons. And uh, many of them I did not like, but I like that I did. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> but he, he, since then he learned. I lied about a lot of things when I met him, <laughs> like that I could cook. That was like a biggest like trap that I said in a very classic misogynist way. Wow. But yes, I lied that I am a cook and like I cannot cook eggs even. So yes, that is. Um, that is a very sweet thing to do, even like in the day of digital world. I mean, maybe you can buy somebody digitally those movies now, but there's something about physically having a DVD and I don't know. It's very sweet. I like that. Yeah, that is fun. So in terms of the cancer thing for the movie, Natasha Richardson having cancer, I don't know, man. Like, th- like I, it was just, I was really buying the whole thing. To me, it was not a problem that it existed in the movie that was also funny. So for you and i'm interested in joe and gene like did you feel like some scenes were there to like make you cry and others were there to make you laugh which dramedies pretty much do now on tv but it wasn't like a thing in 2001 maybe as much mixing the genres or did it feel always like the tone was switching too drastically i mean it sounds like you were on board with it well I, it didn't bother me. And I have, I have to remember that I have been in in sitting in a movie theater and feeling like I'm being jerked around here or, you know, quit trying to make me cry. So I feel like I understand what you're saying. I might, I, you know, I have to be careful here because I might be a little bit unusual in this realm in that I've, um, I've been a hospice volunteer. So I've worked, I've spent a part of my life being around people who are um, dying and at the end of their life. And the thing I've learned, both people in my own family and people where I did volunteer work, is that you have to find ways to laugh. 
every single day. And so putting those together for me is, it, it is, it, to me, it's life. And it's the kind of life we ought to have that we, we need to not run from these things and know that there's a lot of joy and laughter. And I mean, right up until the end. That, that's a choice that people can make. So I loved that that was portrayed, that her thing of putting her family back together, healing difficult relationships, that's all common stuff when that's going on. So I, I don't know, I'm not sure I answered your question, but that's where I sit on this. I'm actually uh, curious about you, Jean. <clears throat> so for you taking improv classes and clown classes, like maybe not as early as in your 20s, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, was that extension of that experience of working in the hospice setting? Or how did that come about? Um, no, it, it came about because I, uh, I needed to make some new friends and connections in Denver. All my work was around the country. And I had a lot, I have a lot of good friends, but none of them lived in Denver. And I thought, I got to find a way to meet some people. And I saw an article in the paper about improv and I, you know, every now and then I'm really impulsive and I literally stood up and called and signed up for classes. It was just a feature and it was like, have fun, meet people. And you know, I had what everyone has in their head when you don't know about it's improv, you're like, Oh, Saturday night live being funny and whatever. Mm -hmm. So I got down there and, um, it, it it's just been a life-changing experience and I immediately wished I had done it 20 years ago because I saw applications for everything and they did then I started thinking they should have improv where my mother lives it's it's you know it's an age segregated place and sure enough they were already doing it they had an oh. improv teacher <laughs> so then I said to my mom you have to go my mom was hilarious I later learned through clown that that's where she, she was a clown. She was a regular clown. But anyway, yes, I think. You mean her spirit, she had a spirit of a clown. Is, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, she, she, you know, it's all I can do not to send you pictures that I have of her and the kind of stuff she very, very on the spot. She had a great sense of humor mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I mean, I'm like such a convert. I feel like everybody should have some experience in clown or improv. I, it's to me, it's, it's very Buddhist. There's a lot of stuff about getting rid of your ego and your focus on yourself and all that stuff. So yes, to me, it is tied in. That's very cool. My sister and it's works in hospice as well. And it seems she has a different view of death as well like or a very natural view of death like it is something it just happens and she's just been with so many people made so many relationships with people who were going to be gone in a week two weeks days um so that's uh that definitely i think it tunes you to have that not be shocking in a movie but that's a bit of a hollywood issue too right hollywood doesn't like making sad movies they don't like making movies that Notebook. are doomed from the start right and this movie is doomed from the start and i sometimes have issues with that um i always use fugitive as an example 
Um, you guys familiar with Harrison Ford's The Fugitive? Shout out. So, uh, spoilers for it. Harrison Ford's wife is killed, and then he's framed for it. So the rest of the movie is about him clearing his name, escaping. I love well, a good revenge type w- of movie. And the problem for me with that movie is that even if he succeeds, his wife is still dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like He's not saving it her. It still sucks. Yeah, like, w- w- we go into negative, and we mm-hmm. stay in the negative. Did you not like Mandy? Uh, Mandy... Mandy, I think, is more about a lot of other things than the How story. Because I would just would get up and walk away if you didn't like Mandy. It, it's the visual, it's the Nick Cage, it's the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is something that can be troublesome. You know that no matter what works out in this movie, that she is going to die. And I think that can be a bummer for audiences who are, one, maybe um, just the social constructs we live in, we're not ready to talk about death. And two, they've just been trained to not l- see that in movies, not experience that in movies, because most of the Hollywood movies do want a happy ending. They, That's just their natural way. So I think that's probably one issue with the movie that is not really the movie's problem. I think it's more of a reflection of our inability to kind of just accept that, okay, someone's dying and that does happen and we're going to see it in this film. And since we're talking about hospices and we're getting real here, uh, my only experience with going to a place like a hospice was taking my dog, Shark, when he was a puppy twice within like two weeks in between to a place where like a lot of people were dying because it was like an Alzheimer's like memory care facility. A lot of people were dying and um in you know many of them completely lost their memory memory ability to form memories so uh having a puppy and bringing him to people who were in a lot of suffering it was very sweet and then it was even sweeter when two weeks we came back and bittersweet that they like saw him for the first time but he knew all of them and it was very, it was very um, heartwarming. But yes, there was, um, I don't know. Yeah, this this is the kind of experience that like I have so much respect for people who go out there and learn um, about what that what it feels like to face death for 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 a human. So this movie is certainly touches <laughs> on that, just to say. And you just know what? Sometimes, sh- sometimes so shut up. I love it. Gets a little, you know, serial. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. I have a big question for everybody because I think Rachel Lee Cook. Okay, I'll let her be in this movie because she's playing an American. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Hartnett. No, there's no reason. <laughs> Josh it's Hartnett. Dumb, the dumbest thing ever. I think in some ways him being included is what kind of puts this movie outside of the ring of great British comedies, even of that era, <laughs> because you know, the accent, I don't, I don't really have a huge problem with I, the accent. I didn't notice, notice the accent, but then what do I know? You know? But, yeah, but knowing it's him, and I wonder, mm-hmm. do you guys, and it's a high pressure question, do you, who would you recast of a British actor Ooh. of the time? And like, who would they recast, right? Because I know... I don't really know. But who is any of the British actors at that time? You and McGregor. That's who came to my mind right away. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I, I was thinking about 
did that whole thing need to be there with Rachel and Brian? Or, or Brian is the character, Josh Hartnett, um, and Christina is Rachel's character. So I don't, I agree with you that it is not necessary. <laughs> Which it, but, it's, yeah. yeah, well, you go for the money because he was obviously the money get the, the, the young hot star along with Rachel Lee Cook. Um, but does that take it away from being a classic where the real money is, where they're making three ninety nine a rental, you know, a million times a never day? Never forget. <laughs> we'll, we'll never forget. So I wonder if that's like another big point of it is the, the Josh Hartnett factor. As beloved as Josh Hartnett is. Well, he's not I, beloved by me. I mean, I, I barely <laughs> know the guy. I, uh, seriously. And I was like, look, the whole time I was watching him, I was like, he is a good actor. Like, he's a good actor in the movie. Like, he's not, doesn't suck. Like, he's not, like, terribly, like, just just obnoxiously awful. But I'm like, but also, does he really do anything for me? And the answer is no. But his father, Alan That's Rickman, the guy. That's the guy. He's the money guy. Yeah, and I'm not sure about the bowl cut haircut for a guy who cuts hair for a living. Josh Hartnett's <laughs> hair is not doing well. Somebody Can said I, it was the Caesar haircut. Yes. It's, really is. <laughs> it really is. They, they did not. And he's been rocking that for a long time. That's like his, his cut. And it's not working for him. I was in bed uh, for three weeks recently for medical reasons. And I was watching the, I was watching Pose, the TV show, like nonstop. And Pose, I think similarly... It's, it's the kind of, this is Pose and this movie are activating the same, the same emotions in my brain, basically. This, like, this, the same, whatever the reason is that I love Pose, the same reason I love this movie is because there's the, you know, element of the competition, huge presentation with costumes like i mean like the the costumes are mm-hmm. crazy in this movie right like towards the end like the climax of the movie oh, right. the full look i think is the what full it's called. look yeah the full total look, insane. The total, total, look. Yes. total look total recall <laughs> it's it's and, a more powerful name total yeah. look is way better than full look <laughs> yeah and but in pose like it gets extremely just sappy and melodramatic and i'm it's part of the fun for me i'm like yes be as obnoxiously sad and just but like good actors so I'm, I'm cool with that and i think it's the same thing with me like this movie is sappy but it's good actors doing the job so i'm okay with it but uh it had the element of pose so if you like this movie and you haven't seen pose start watching it now yeah not as funny <laughs> i will warn you all but not as funny. i can see the i can see the the parallel you're making there, because definitely these big sequences that are beautiful mixed mm-hmm. with this melodrama. And the competition. Sure. I just love the competition. Like, I just get so tickled by it. Although in Pose, they always get between nine and ten points. Like, it's like always like, ooh, nine, 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 nine. Or like nine, ten, 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 ten. Just one nine. And then the second person gets all ten. So by one. It's always by mm. one point that you win. So it's not like drastic. Um, it's, it's always the same way that one wins in pose. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know. I mean, competition is always fun. And so that's, that's one of the reasons why I like this movie. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we go to the ratings? I'd just like to visit that total look 
the total yes. look. Please. Um, I did think that the winning total look of uh, Rachel Griffiths was out of this world great. It really was. And also just the how extreme <laughs> it was uh, tying into their tragedy of how he was left, you know? Like, it really cinched up the that storyline and gave it more weight as that happened. Like, wow, she did. She got a head tattoo for you. Right, because just to, <laughs> in case our listeners have not paused when we told them to pause and come back to us talking uh, about this movie, what happened is that Natasha Richardson character, Shelley, left Alan Rickman the day, the night before the, the big competition they all had for his model, like for his hair model. And they became a couple, those two women. And so there's a little bit of a kind of homophobic feeling in town, just a little bit, like not a lot, but there's just like a little bit of like, oh, what, are, what have you done? But they're not really leaning into that. But I thought it was cool to see just like a lesbian couple to be portrayed in, I don't know, what seemed to me like a genuine way, genuine light. And then Alan Rickman hasn't forgotten, hasn't forgiven. And for him, it's very hard to accept Rachel's, right? Rachel's character back in his life. Uh, So it's almost like about the two of them in some way. It's like the Mm -hmm. artist and his model coming together and them finally fulfilling that vision they had for six months. They had developed this very crazy look of her being winged, but also naked and with body paint and some see-through, um, I'm so bad at describing The crown clothes. thing. The yeah. big cr- tree-like crown. And it just looks out of this world, like an alien, um, like um, Annihilation. Great movie you should watch. Shout I out. don't know. And some, yeah, shout out. So um, this is really about Alan Rickman and, and his, like his, his character and his, and his model. So I thought that was very interesting, exactly like you're saying, Joe, like the way they tied it in together. And build and then, it. Of course, and build it. Yeah, you're not. You're at first. You're like, okay, they, he, his wife left him for a woman. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate. Oh, that was his model, and they were a team. Mm-hmm. Oh man! And, oh, and sure, it yeah. was the day before the biggest mm-hmm. competition. And still has she has that tattoo. You can't get rid of that. <laughs> you probably could, but it's a pain. It was, and it was very good. It's been 10 years. It was so well colored, taken <laughs> mm-hmm. care of. That's that's really whoever mm-hmm. did that did some great Shout work. Shout out. Yeah. That great, fictional great, tattoo artist. Great yeah, great tat- uh, total tattoo look. And yeah, no, and then of course the last scene. Can we just talk about the last scene like the credits scene? Gene, what happens in the freaking last scene of the movie? Well, the the mayor MC, uh, the small town that has been every day hosting the the hair competition, who was very excited, has about evolved this. into this Elvis-like character <laughs> physically. <laughs> yes. And then the the credits run, and he's singing. I I just can't stop believing. Uh, he's lip syncing to Elvis. Lip syncing. I think it's I. Think it's wonderful. I also think to an empty audience, an empty yes, uh, yeah, venue, venue. <laughs> They let him go. They let that actor <laughs> go. You know the the upside. I hear what Joe is saying about uh, it's a sad ending. No matter the upside is that all those relationships are healed. They come mm-hmm. around and 
So there's some, to me, that's an uplifting part of an ending. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I think it actually earns its sadness, like, or earns its uh, sense of peril from the beginning by the end with that. Um, just general audiences, I wonder. But yeah, I thought it was like, oh, this totally is exactly what she wants. It's exactly what we want. The family is back together, and that is great. Uh, and I think the the great thing about this movie is there's movies within the movie of this movie. You know, you could follow any one of those side characters, and that's a movie. Whether it's the mayor, whether it's the other contestants, or even just the idea of hair competitions like this. Those are all full hour and a half experiences that would be robust. I think that's the credit of this movie, is that it's not just Josh Hartnett and Rachel Lee Cook, a story about getting these two young actors together it's like they're, it's so full and so lush it's like Heidi Klum's pubic hair <laughs> oh my gosh that was quite a little Ronald McDonald-esque uh, triangle there yeah there was yeah what, what exactly is going on Jean like oh you're gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna put that one on me are you I think it's it your has choice, to you have to oh, no. <laughs> Well, this might be one of the few times I found Heidi Klum um, interesting to watch. <laughs> I thought she did do a good job with that character. And she's a model. She's a hair model for the, um, I believe it's the Kilburn Cutters team. The West Londoners. So you know they're fancy. <laughs> Who are I, I, two brothers and she's married to one, but she's having a fling with the other one and has him. Ha, he asks the one she's not married to, to um, create a heart out of her pubic hair. So, and, and it's and we see dyed it. red. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Deep red. <laughs> and we see it. We really do. You know, Heidi Klum, man, like, of course she has a nice body, but it's like, not. I'm not complaining about her pubic hair, but no, <laughs> but like, but like, she's such a like cold, like, lady with no personality sorry shut up i hate Whoa. Kari there's so many nice amazing models that i'm into but like i mean out of all people i guess 2001 pre 9-11 maybe people loved Heidi she Klum was a yeah lot. i it think was that, that was her her moment her moment that continued for decades after that but <laughs> it was a long ass moment it was her apogee as yeah, one might say. Shout out. It, it, it was tolerable because she wasn't in there very often. That's kind of my feeling about it. Mm-hmm. I think so. Just the fun cameo. Just uh, that pubic. Just that Merkit. Mur- What's that called? No. Merkin. Yeah, the Merkin. Merkin. There yeah, you go. Yeah, big Merkin. Big uh, ass Merkin. I think movies like this, like Drop Dead Gorgeous, um, uh, event uh, we'd mentioned uh, Best in Show. They are a little bit scattered as far as like who they're focusing on, but I think they're great uh, movies for writers to watch to say, okay, is are your side characters as fleshed out as these? Is there enough going on? Because these characters, they're getting maybe three big scenes for themselves, but they're getting full arcs. It's working. And I think for me watching this, I was like, yeah, this is really applying pressure in my mind to make sure that there isn't just 
the waiter character who shows up a couple times. Now, if he's going to show up more than once, he better be a full character. He better have an arc. It can be stupid. It can be small. But give it to him. Because uh, even the mayor is one of the best examples. Full arc, and he doesn't... It, the arc is only between him and the town. Like, it's no... <laughs> It's no uh, conversation he has with anything, anything like that. So I love these ensemble big movies because I think you do lose a little bit with uh, the spread of it, but I think there's a lesson to be taken with that. It's interesting what you're saying, Joe. It almost makes me think that this ensemble cast-type storytelling you know, really kind of tra- transition into television more. Like, you know, of course, The Office and, all, you know, like... Superstore upcoming American Auto, shout out Justin Spitzer and Jay Hunter, who works on that show. <laughs> um, all these, you know, big ensemble comedies that like pretty hard to actually write because, like you're saying, there's all these ABC stories and full character arcs. And this movie is an example of doing that in a film before those TV shows became really popular, before Office was created. Yeah, Both I think it's UK a great example. And US. Well, great. I think it's time to move on to the ratings. Joe, would you explain to Gene how the ratings work? Let us do it. So we are going to each rate this movie on a scale of 0 to 10. And we're going to use something else as a comparison at any number. So let's say The Office. You go, well, I found this similar to The Office. I'm going to give The Office a 10. And this movie is a 2. Or you could even do chocolate chip cookies if you wanted. Chocolate chip cookies are a 3, but this movie was a 10. Whatever you want to do, it's all for fun. And if anyone's still confused, me and Sasha will go first. I'll go first this time. Wow, shaking it up. Yeah, I'm going to put a couple of different movies on this scale. I'm going to start with Little Miss Sunshine, which I think is an amazing film. And I absolutely love it, love coming back to it. Obviously, very different tone, but it is a lighthearted comedy about it's an ensemble comedy, and it takes you know the 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 final act takes place at a competition. So I would give Little Miss Sunshine a ten. I really don't know what else to give it. I'm also going to take Best in Show, which I know a lot of people love, and I love dogs, and I love dog competitions, but I don't like Best in Show. Whoa, that's a surprise. That's a big twist, I know. Do not like it, do not care for it, have nothing, never liked it, not even like a snob thing or anything, I just don't like, like, I feel like, date it, whatever, it doesn't, you know, there's so many better ways you can do it. So Best in Show, I'll give it four, like, sure, whatever. Parker Posey, shout out. Um, and then I would um, take our movie, Blow Dry, and I would give it a 7.5. And it gets like 1.5 at least for just Alan Rickman being in it. I enjoyed this film. I don't know if we'll keep coming back to it, but it's just like you can't take eyes out of off, off of Alan Rickman. And I really thought Natasha Richardson was very fun to watch too like she was great in it um and i love the competition of it so 7.5 joe what about you all right this is a tough one um i am gonna rate it against drop dead gorgeous because they both are uh ensemble comedies 
that I had no idea existed until this year. Uh, and Drop Dead Gorgeous, go listen to the episode, everybody. I'm going to give that a it's 10. Popular. I mm. think it's a, as funny as a movie can get. And, uh, and also these movies, obviously, they're about kind of esoteric competitions. So they have that going for them as well. Uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, just so funny. For me, Blow Dry, I think, is a movie people do need to see. I think if you're uh, comedy fans, especially British comedy fans, you need to watch the movie. But I don't think it holds up as much as Drop Dead Gorgeous for me, as the uh, as far as the laughs. So I'm going to give this one a 6.5. Lots of point fives. It's, mm-hmm. It is on the you should see this list, mm-hmm. I it's think. It's edging. It's edging towards 7. Yeah, people need to go watch it. They need to know that it's out there because I think there's so much valuable to this movie that's adding so much just by Bill Nye and Alan Rickman being in it together. I mean, just go through IMDb, find every movie where that's happening and watch those immediately. So 6.5 only because Drop Dead Gorgeous is such a 10. Mm -hmm. That's a capital one, capital zero. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gene, what about you? Okay. Well, um, First of all, thank you because I feel that you know my work are, uh, is done. I, I've got <laughs> two more people watched it. The words yes. out. Um, I I'm going to borrow from you guys, and I'm actually in a lot of agreement. Um, I absolutely love Drop Dead Gorgeous. I leave there a ten. I love Little Miss Sunshine. I'd go there a ten. I also like Legally Blonde, mm. um, which. You know, I'm not sure these are all comparable, but whatever. And I would give that a nine. And I will give I give blow dry an eight. So mm-hmm. that's right. Hi, Mark. Wow. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, Legally Blonde, not my kind of movie at all, but like it is like a feminist movie these days. Like it's definitely a movie that became a feminist movie. So and it's interesting. I, you know, spoilers for oh my, my future wedding, but oh. uh, we might be getting married at the house from Legally Blonde. Where is it? In L.A.? It's in L.A. That's amazing. And Because uh, that's wow. one of my fiance's favorite movies, and she found this venue, and then it ends up being the house from Legally Blonde. <laughs> so that's oh what we're God. looking into. We'll see if it works out. Very but, uh, cool. But I mean, happen. like huge news on Shut Up, I Love It. Hello, everybody. Yes. Hello. So you're you're all invited. (laughs) (laughs) Please, if you are in Montenegro, buy a ticket right now and come out here (laughs) for Joe's wedding. We have a huge audience in Montenegro. Well, thank you, Gene, so much for coming on to the podcast. It was lovely to have you and to chat with you. Thank you very much. I I really enjoyed it, and the biggest gift for me is to know about the podcast. And I'm I've got a list of uh, your past episodes that I'll be listening to. So thank you. Oh, that makes us so happy to hear. That's awesome, Gene. Where can our listeners find you on Instagram if you want to be followed? Do you um, want to be followed? I'm on. I am on Instagram only recently. Uh, uh, it's There's just safari pictures, I think. Right? Uh, yeah, I just returned from a big oh. safari. <laughs> um, but my most fun has been clown. I've had more fun 
with the uh, clown classes that it's how I met Sasha. And, um, and I loved your clown collage where you won every square on the collage. Thank you. App. It's so. on Instagram. I'll shut up. I love it one. So y'all should check it out. What's your handle on Instagram? My Instagram handles my name. All right. Jean we'll Perugia. put it into the description of the episode. Joe, where can our listeners find you? Go to joecabeo.com. You'll be able to find all of my socials and things. And you'll also find paperback of Bottoms Up Issue 3. Exciting. It's not up. Maybe it'll be up for sale by the time this episode comes up. But the boxes of the product are in my lap. They have arrived. Right you've been that's those are all the boxes that you've been holding the whole recording on your lap. Yes, that's it's what been it is. very distracting just having all <laughs> these boxes on my lap. Uh, but yeah, that's out. So if you've been waiting to read issue three because you wanted the paperback, it's it's time. It's coming that's up. Great. Save your pennies. Up for it. Check it out. Awesome. And thank you, Elizabeth. Salute for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl. I almost said your real name for this amazing track. Also in Denver, Colorado. Do you know our, our music a music composer for the track is also in Denver, Colorado. And thank you for listening. <laughs>